Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Southeast Wisconsin has some of the best high school and college athletes in the country. How did they get their start? Where did they begin their journey? It's time to talk about some of the best youth sports programs in the area. 10% It's time for the Youth Sports Show with the Fans High School Insider, Big time, Mike McGivern. Uh, welcome into the Youth Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. We're talking today about a new rookie tackle football program in the Classic Youth of Football League. Ted, Ted Schneider's here. Uh, Maz is here. Jeff Mazurchek, head football coach at Marquette High School. Brian Gill. Man, he's a regular. He knew how to get in, all that stuff. He's the president of the Junior Hill Toppers uh, Sports Clubs. Uh, Brian, thanks for... Uh, for reaching out and and talking to me, talking to me about this program, it's good to see you. how you been. Fantastic, Thanks yeah. For you're getting comfortable now, man. <laughs> yeah. You knew where the headsets were. You pulled the chair up, got into the building yourself. It's uh, it's perfect. Hey, Ted, how you doing? Good, and yourself? Good. Uh, president of the CYFL. How long you been doing that? Uh, actually, from day one when we created the league, probably about eighteen years ago. Wow. The teams that are in that league, the schools that have teams, let me go through those. West Dallas Hale, Catholic Memorial, Wisconsin Lutheran, Kettle Moraine, Waukesha South, Waukesha West, Oconomowoc, Menominee Falls, Sussex, South Milwaukee, Watertown, and Marquette. That's correct. It's a good group. It is. Man, 12 teams. Is that the same group of schools that have been in it from the get-go? Um, every year it we add a few. We might lose a few. Um, but it's been the core group. For the majority of the years, um, it, it is a good group. Um, one of the things that we've always looked at from the league standpoint is having representatives from each of these community programs sure. come together with really the interest for youth football and teach boys and girls, you know, if they're interested in playing right. uh, the game of football and love the game. Hey, Maz, you know, I've been giving you smack for three years about coming in studio. The, the the headsets and the mic, everything going wrong right now for you that's no, that's no payback on my part I just want you to know that I don't know if I believe that yeah, but. <laughs> come on man How can you, I'm a mess for a guy you got to believe that. that that's why I don't believe that's it. why you don't uh, coach it's good to see you how you been I've been real well before we get into all you. this congr- you guys had a great year last year congratulations thank you thank you what we a did. good group of kids great group of kids great group of dedicated coaches it was a fantastic. Uh, uh, opportunity to uh, to show what Marquette football can all be about, and it uh, really proud of our group of uh, young men and proud of our group of our coaches. Two stories from last year's team for me, and you know, with all the stuff that I do, I always have a story from this team or this kid. Two from the Marquette team. One for first and foremost, I love the center you had. You know, all the the offensive linemen all showed up at State Fair Park during the fall um, Nary show, and uh, the center was the leader. He was the guy. 
he was telling people, okay, you're going on next segment. You're going on. And he made the junior wait till the end. He said he's not even a real part of us, but we'll let him on a little bit. Loved him. And the Thursday Night Lights high school football game of the week, first game of the year, we had at Hart Park. And the kid who threw up twice. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy Hubert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tough kid. He he came over to me because I was standing by him. He goes, you didn't get that. I said, no, we didn't get that, the first one. Second one, I said, we got that one. He goes, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm ready to go. I'm fine. Let me he walked right up to the coach's staff and said, no, no, I'm good. I'm ready to go. And he that's a tough kid. Jimmy football is a great competitor, and we're going to miss him. Uh, we're going to miss him greatly next year. Did he? Did the, a lot of those kids started in the youth program with you guys? Correct. A lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We get about uh, probably about fifty percent of our kids will come from the junior hilltopper program, and the other fifty percent will come from all all around the area. Boy, that's a high number for mm-hmm. for a private school. Mm-hmm. You know, public schools we get we. Look, I've coached basketball a long time. I was in, in private schools, and I get a lot of smack with people like you recruit. Yeah, but you got a youth program. The kids are running the flex offense in third grade. I don't want to hear about it. And so for 50% from a private school, I think is a high number. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I, I give a lot of credit to our former head coach, Dick Basham, and then Jim Heffernan, who uh, sure. was the driving force to, to start Junior Hilltoppers. Boy, those are two big names. Absolutely. Smash him, bash him. Absolutely. He was way funnier than I thought he was, by the way. He's really <laughs> a funny guy. I he had is. no idea. He I is. know, yeah, and he rips on me, and it takes me about 15 minutes to figure out he's ripping on me. He's very cerebral, that's why. Yes, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. Hey, guys, one, we want to talk about this, and, and Brian, when you brought this to my attention, that, that this new rookie tackle football program um, is, is coming to play, and it's part of the U- USA football, and we're going to have Mike on, who's the regional manager for the Midwest from USA football. He's going to call in at 930 and we're going to have some conversations with him. And I want to thank uh, Melinda uh, Whitemarsh, who is their director of communications, and, and you, Brian, for setting up that interview with Mike. But the reason that, that I was so interested in having you guys come in is I think that football has never been safer to play. I, I believe that. I, I, it's, a, it's a violent contact sport. So are you going to have some injuries? No doubt. But I think that the amount of education and knowledge that we have and that you guys have is way beyond what it used to be. And the way, Maz, the way you coach at practice is so different than the way Coach Basham. And, look, I took salt pills because they told us not to drink. We did bull in the ring all the time, which could, you know, maybe that explains some of the issues that, that I have. <laughs> Who knows? But you, you know what I'm saying? So, Maz, and I'm going to start with you. And, Ted, I want your, your take on this, too. Do you believe that football is safer now than it's ever been? Absolutely. I think the game is, uh, has never been in a better place. And what I think is possibly lacking is the, uh, the knowledge and the media coverage of all the good things that are going on uh, in the sport of football. I agree with you. You know, the, the rookie tackle piece is, is, is cutting edge. It's cutting edge from the uh, United States Olympic Committee. It's cutting edge from USA Football. It's cutting edge because this is the first, you know, league in this area to to adapt this and it's a bridge between uh flag football and 11 on 11 much like you know baseball has a progression right. or a development model that starts with t-ball and goes to coach pitch and then goes to player pitch football has just been missing that kind of development model oh, and now that point. it's here it's 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 going to help ted if, if if can you give us an overview and 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 brian same thing uh give us an overview on what this is the rookie tackle football program is okay. Rookie 
football, and, and there's different variations of this across the country. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Coach Chuck Kyle out of Cleveland um, started looking at the reduction or the reducing numbers of kids coming into the game, especially at the young ages. Media had a lot to do with the concussions and awareness and things like that. And, you know, at that time, the game was still being played in a very old-fashioned style. Things are changing now, and the game is transitioning to a point where, you know, we teach kids not to put the head in the tackle. And and that was just one of the things, heads-up football with USA Football was one of the things that we needed to do. Well, rookie tackle started out, um, and the idea came out in Cleveland, and they've been doing it for, I believe, three or four years at this point for the young ages to learn the game. Hey, can you – and I don't mean to stop you, but sure. but if somebody's listening, they're still wondering what the difference is. So okay. if we can talk a little bit about the differences and and as we talk about this, so it's not 11-on-11, 11 11, is that correct? That's correct. It's 8-on-8? Eight eight? Well, we're looking at 8-on-8. Eight eight. It could be 6-on-6. Six six, it could be 7-on-7. Seven seven. And, and the difference between that is – the size of the field uh, smaller? It's a smaller field, actually. Uh, you play 40 yards in, no okay. special teams. Perfect. Um, because it's it's a learning game. It's, you know, like Maz said, it's a transition between flag and the 11-on-11 11 11 game. So we want to teach the game. We want kids to play different positions and have the opportunity to try different positions. Uh, and that's what we're looking at, you know, because we it's going to be a reduced width. I think we're looking at uh, hash mark to a sideline. Okay. Forty yards in, uh, four quarters. Coaches on the field, so, so so they can assist. One of the things then is is everybody's going to be able to play um, different positions and find out what they want. And because there's fewer there's fewer kids and there's fewer space, that the collisions are going to be a lot less, and they're going to get more comfortable playing tackle football. Is that correct, Brian? Yes, I, I think it gives them an opportunity. And the coach being on the field, you get that one-on-one opportunity. Right. To say, Here's a way you may want to adjust something. So we get more of that, that personalized coaching, which I think is really important. Hey, Maz, we, um, I was talking to Coach Buddha up in Menominee, and I uh, was talking to him about some of this stuff. They don't play tackle football till freshman year up there. They play flag. And he said, look, for us, if I have 50 kids that start in fifth grade, I have 50 kids that go out for the freshman team because the fear is gone. They've played it. They've, they've, they, there's some hitting going on in flag football, especially when you're in seventh and eighth grade. He said, but by the, the we have to teach kids as freshmen how to put a, a uniform on. Right. And he said, I may then, as, as sophomores, I may be down to 44 or 43. But, man, the, 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 the retention rate, getting kids more comfortable with the game before we teach them how to hit, has really been effective for those guys in Menominee. Right. The great thing about rookie tackle, though, is is that it does involve wearing equipment. You bet. It teaches the kids from an early age that the equipment is protective in nature. It's not to be used as a weapon, which I think is an important distinction to make to young men. It, the, other, the other thing about rookie tackle is that special teams are stripped out of the game, and so there's an increase in the amount of offensive plays and defensive plays. They love know? that. Absolutely. Hey, I have a really good friend of mine. Her name is Christy Malio, and uh, her son Brody really wants to play. And she lives out in the Heartland area and Oconomowoc area. And um, 
she, we had dinner. My wife and I had dinner with her and her, and uh, her boyfriend Adam not too long ago, and she was like, "Right now, I, I I just don't want him to play because of all the things that I'm reading." And so we had this conversation. Look, we started that WFCA show, Tom Swiddle, because he came in and he believes the same thing I do, which is with all the knowledge and education we have and the way you guys coach now is totally different. And it's safer now than it's ever been. There's going to be injuries. Yes, it's a violent collision sport. It is. You know what? But the the, the lessons that these kids learn to play in football, I think there's nowhere else you learn these lessons. I, I believe that. Basketball is a little bit different. Football is is that that pure. Look, I have to trust all these guys on this side of the ball. We got to trust each other. And if I don't trust, if I'm the safety, I don't trust the cornerback, and I take two steps over because I don't trust him, and I get beat on a seam route, that's my fault right. because I got to trust this kid. And that's life lessons all the way through. And I convinced her to let her boy play, and she worked. Yeah, fifth grade. I said, look, it's not. You know, there's not going to be any high flyers. Hopefully, they're just you guys just play and and uh, the kid's so excited, man. He's so excited. He hates soccer so much. He well, just does. The other thing that Cleveland found is that by keeping equipment in, it's important for kids to learn how to play behind their pads. You go to baseball and you look at t-ball. They still have catchers that wear catcher's gear. Right. You still are going to wear a helmet. You know, you're still going to wear that protective gear. That's important. Those are important elements. And crucial elements of the game that you need to learn from a young age, which is that bridge then between flag and then 11 on 11. Hey, let's uh, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, um, let's continue talking a little bit about rookie uh, tackling some of the, the benefits for these kids. And, and Ted, I'm going to ask you, the, the league itself, did all the members, was it was this unanimous or were there some people that, that thought, no, let's keep doing what we're doing and how did you get around that? And we'll get to that on the other side of the break. We're talking about this new rookie football tackle program that the Classic Youth Football League is putting in. Ted Schneider, who's the president of that league, is here. Brian Gill, he's the president of the uh, Junior Hilltopper Sports Club. He wants to talk wrestling. We're not letting him talk wrestling today. That big wrestling. I don't know why you wear the headgear today, but he's got a wrestling shirt on. And then Jeff Mazurchek, he's the head varsity coach at Marquette at 930. Um, Mike uh, Cusione? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Kazoni. Kazoni. USA Football Regional Manager from the Midwest will join us again about this rookie program that they're doing. This is the Youth Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Ted Schneider. He's the president of the CYFL Classic Youth Football League. Jeff Mazurchek, Mass, the head football coach at Marquette High. Brian Gill, he's the president of the Junior Hilltopper Program. And uh, how does Mike pronounce the last name? Remember, I'm an Irish guy. How does that pronounce again? Cozzoni. <laughs> Man, you guys are giving me smack. All break for that one. Cozzoni's coming on. Sounds like a good Italian boy. We'll find out. USA Football, uh, regional manager for the Midwest. You can go to usafootball.com for more information. This uh, this rookie football tag, that's fifth grade, correct? Yeah, we're looking at fifth grade this year. Do, do you think that you'll expand that, or do you think fifth grade is the, the perfect spot for that? Well, this is really going to be 
and I'm not going to say it's a pilot year, but it is a pilot year because we're transitioning to this game at the fifth grade. We started talking about it at the league level last year because we knew we had to make changes and adjust what was going on with the game of football because the game is transitioning, and if we don't transition with it outside of our league, Right. Things are going to change without us. I agree with you on that. And and I think that you guys, a bold step in this area to be the only, the first league to do this. And I, I've got to believe that people are going to sit back and watch to see how you guys do it mm-hmm. and see if it works. And then they'll adopt it if, if, if it does work. The teams, the numbers on the teams now, you know, if, if you need it, if it's 11, man, and you have 20 kids, that's a stretch. How many kids do you need for something like this now? Well, we're looking at eight on eight. Right. Um, and we're not 100% sure that that's the exact number. We've been talking to the folks out in Cleveland. They do seven on seven. Okay. Uh, and they there's reasons why they've done that. We've had conversations as to why they're doing it because it is a reduced field. Correct. Putting eight on that reduced field may still be a little tight. And, and the eight-man football in the state of Wisconsin's grown. We just did WIA just had their first state champion. Sure. Uh, Sevastopol won the state champ. I don't know my nieces and nephews' names, Maz, but I know that Sevastopol won the first eight-man state champion. And you pronounced it correctly. I did. <laughs> I did. Sevastopol, I've been up there. It's, uh, it's a beautiful part of the state. Uh, but there is eight-man that's going on in the state. I like the, I kind of think seven might be the, the, the perfect number. How, how will you guys do that? If it is eight-man, I understand, center, a couple of guards, take out the tight ends, um, take out the tackles. And, and, and you get to eight. Have you figured that part of it out yet? Uh, we've had conversations. Um, in January, we had our league meeting, and since then we've had a rules committee get together, and we've sat down twice and went through USA football's rules. Like I said, we've had conversations with the folks in Cleveland as to because they've been running this for three, four years, so get some of the good and bad things that they've experienced. Right. So we're not – we can look at what USA football's got out there too and, and – Make it work for what we've got going on here. Maz, were you part of the discussions on, on this? I have been uh, attending the meetings and okay. have been a huge proponent uh, of this change. And I am so proud of this Classic Youth Football League and the Junior Hilltopper program for being part of that to push this forward. This is, an, uh, this is a part of the game that needs to be changed. This is, uh, this is an element that uh, needs to happen. Uh, for the sport of football, for the betterment of the sport of football, for the uh, for the lifespan of the sport of football. Hey, are there other head coaches, and we don't need to name any, but other head coaches that are, are varsity head coaches of some of the schools that, that are in the CYFL that have been at those meetings as well? Because, you know, there are some – when you look at, at some of the head coaches in this league, there are some guys that have some – they're not shy to give their opinion. Absolutely, and and uh, from time to time, other coaches will be part of that. I have been proactive in getting out there and talking to these guys about it and talking about the the value that there uh, there is behind all of this. Absolutely, I've got to believe that to a to a man uh, when when they hear about it, and and I, and I would think their first reaction is, "Hold on, it's not what we do here." But when you look at at the numbers, a little bit dwindling, right? And you look at the media side of it. Guys that sit where I'm sitting going, look, if I had a son, I wouldn't let him play football. And I'm just shaking my head. This is a perfect opportunity. And, and again, I commend you guys a lot. What a, if, if I'm 
My, my grandson is in third grade. And when he gets to fifth grade, this would be a perfect way for him to give this a try. Let's, let's try this for a year. See if you like it. You're going to get a chance to play different positions. And I, as a grandparent, and I know that, that uh, their mom and dad are going to feel more comfortable about him playing in a league like this than jumping right into 11 on 11. Mm-hmm. Ted, you, you agree with that. How, how have these other schools and members of your league, I can't imagine that everybody was in lockstep. No, there's, there's people that like tradition 11 on 11. And we knew that going into this and through our discussions at the league level. Um, but there's a lot of interest. Um, you know, like your question to Maz, you know, about not playing tackle until freshman. Yeah. You know, that we've heard for a number of years uh, from the varsity programs. And, you know, that buzz goes across the country. Sure. But – you know, at the youth level, we've got to look at what we've got going on, what we can offer these kids to fall in love with this game. Right. It's really the longevity of the game is what we're trying to deal with and get these kids in and understanding that, you know, wearing equipment, using equipment properly, keeping the head out of the tackle are all part of growing up and the, ref- the friendships and the camaraderie that you get from this game are so vast that it has to be an opportunity for kids to get into it. And I, I think those type of points just never come back out. You know, you know, parents don't see that when they start reading a lot of articles no, about the I, game. It's interesting because when every week that we do a Pick and Save Student Athlete of the Week on my high school show, you read all, all week and you listen to the news and it's one problem after another. And then I talk to these Pick and Save Student Athletes of the Week and I go, okay, we're fine. We're okay. You know, I, I'm hearing all this noise over here, but then I, when I dig into this I, and I talk to these people, these young student athletes, you know what, we're doing fine. Going on um, the website to look up a little bit with, with USA football and some of the pillars that they have for this, I think it's really good. And uh, I'm going to go through them, and then we'll get to a break, and we'll talk to Mike on the other side. But number one pillar, focusing development on the whole person. Number two, provide research to promote coach, education, and training. Really big pillar, especially when you're trying something new like this. Ensuring uh, each experience within football is fun and engaging. Look, I think that's a really important pillar, too, because if a kid goes out for football for the first time and he he doesn't get any playing time or he's scared or he's not with his buddies, that kind of stuff – it's tough to get them back for year two and year three. And I think it's a process. Once you get kids as a group and they stick together, and now these are their, you know, these are my guys. I want to play hard for these guys. And I think that first year is really important. That's why I really like this idea. Uh, creating entry points and, and options into and within the game. Focusing attention to physical literacy and skill development, which is really important. Encouraging multi-sport and activity participation. All really important pillars that that I think USA Football has put on their website to talk about this type of, of thing. And they, obviously their whole deal is to make sure that kids enjoy what they're doing, how they're doing it, and, and will come back to play more football. Hey, what is the retention rate for you guys right now with fifth grade? Does, does 80% – do you know that number, Ted? Uh, not off the top of my head. Um, I would say we're in mid-90s. Okay. 
you know, once the families uh, decide that their son and or daughter um, is committed to this game, that camaraderie, I think, is one of the key points that it brings them back the next year. You agree with that, Mass? Absolutely. I mean, as you know, uh, we've had this conversation before. I think football is one of the greatest games on this uh, on God's green earth, and it is. We all have to remember as adults, it is a game. But it is a game that's played with passion. It's a game that can teach character. It's a game that can teach relationships and, and experiences. And guys can have experiences not always at at you know at, at from an athletic perspective, but experiences from a social and personal perspective. And that's important. And so the more kids that we can get into the game of football, and that's really what rookie tackle is, is it's another entry point. It's another right. gateway to be introduced into the sport of football. You know, when, when you said, look, baseball has their steps, I never thought of that. They do. It's, and, and, and you guys taking a page from that I think is really important. There, there's no, no doubt. Guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to bring in the regional manager for the Midwest, Mike Cazone. I'm getting it. I'm telling you, I'll get it. <laughs> USAFootball.com. And uh, Mike will join us to talk a little bit about the CYFL and, and this rookie football tackle program that for the first time in our state that I know of, fifth grade, they're going to change this up a little bit. And I think it's really encouraging. And I think the future is bright. If this goes well for this league, and I think that it will, when you've got guys like that are in studio right now kind of guiding and directing this thing, um, and Ted Schneider seems to he's – he's sharper than you told me he was, Brian. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He is uh, the president of the Classic Youth Football League, and I think uh, – I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching how this thing progresses, and we'll talk to Mike about USA football and how they're uh, how it's worked for them. Are they other than Ohio? Are they? Uh, is there other places that have done this? Do you know? Uh, there's a number of leagues across the country that have been doing this for years. It's just never been in a formalized fashion. Okay. Well, we'll talk to Mike on the other side of the break. This is the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Ted Schneider. He's the president of the Classic Youth Football League. Jeff Mazurchek, he is uh, Maz, the head football coach at Marquette. And Brian Gill, president of Junior Hilltopper Sports uh, Club, in uh, in studio. On the line right now from USA Football. Uh, we've been going back and forth with his last name. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, man. Everybody's got a different way to pronounce your last name. Yes, I've noticed that over the first half hour. Kazoni uh, <laughs> would be the uh, appropriate pronunciation. That's, I think that's what I was going for, but these guys are getting me off on a different path. Mike, how you been? Everything good? Everything is going great. Hey, I want to thank uh, Melinda uh, Whitemarsh, uh, along with Brian Gill, but Melinda is the... Uh, uh, the director of communications for USA Football reached out to me yesterday with some questions and and made sure that we were good to go. And I want to thank her for um, for setting this thing up. Hey, Mike, let's talk a little bit about first of all USA Football and and can you give us kind of the Reader's Digest of what you guys are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean first and foremost, we are uh, an organization that's around to advance and grow the game of football. 
I mean, that, that's what we're here for, to provide services and resources to the youth and high school football community and, uh, you know, again, really uh, you know, work together for the betterment of the game. Hey, when, um, when they approached you, and I, and I would think that they approached you or you approached them about this uh, new rookie of uh, football tackle program, fifth grade, that they're going to have and implement this upcoming season in the CYFL is that something that 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 you guys are trying to push in different areas throughout the country? Yeah, so it's it's still in beginning phases. I know Ted had talked earlier a little bit about um, you know some of the other communities, the group in Cleveland, as well as honestly leagues across the country doing you know maybe similar versions, just not in a, a unified, you know, formalized um, fashion. So. Um, a couple of years ago, we started a pilot program with Rookie Tackle with, uh, I think it was 11 organizations around the country that really dove into this. We followed closely, a lot of tracking on, you know, movement of kids, you know, a lot of uh, surveys with the parents, with the kids and the coaches, seeing if it was making a difference, if it was a good idea um, to, to really implement this on the youth level. And what we have in store for 2019 is, you know, it's, it's a program that leagues can go to usafootball.com and learn about and implement. You know, we, we have all the resources there for them, implementation guides, rule books, playbooks, and it's really there for, for leagues to use if they want to bring that to their program. So there, there's definitely going to be some reach out on USA Football's part to bring this to the, you know, to youth football leagues that don't have that bridge game between flag and tackle as we think it's you know definitely the the way that the game is moving forward for you know the betterment of the game as well as for the kids that are playing we're talking to mike cazzoni is uh with usa football he's a regional manager of the midwest area mike i look i really once brian kill had had introduced me to this on what you guys were doing and said hey uh, he asked me, do you have any interest in talking about this on your youth football or your youth uh, sports program? I said 100% because I, I really like this idea a lot. And it's 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 not personal yet, but it's getting there. Grandkids are getting to be about, grandsons getting to be just about that age, and they're playing flag football. They're going to have to make the decision. My son-in-law is a coach at Homestead. And my daughter is like, no, nah, these boys are not playing football. And my son-in-law is like, oh, they're playing football. And this would be, this is a perfect bridge. They go from playing, you know, little flag football, and they want, they keep talking about wanting to put on the, the shoulder pads. I want to put the helmet on. I want to tackle people. I want to put them down. You know, now they could say that, but then I see them in the front. And they're, you know, they slip and fall, and they're crying like, you know, they're, they're going to. It's going to be a rough one, Mike. But this is a perfect, I think, bridge to see if that is something that they want to get involved with. And I think you're onto something that is probably going to catch on fire around here. Once you know, they're going to let Ted Schneider and those guys be the guinea pigs on this thing, and then if it goes as well as we think it's going to go, I think you're going to see a lot of leagues in southeast Wisconsin they're going to take to this. Yeah, yes, definitely. I mean, that's, uh, that's, what we, that's what we've been seeing around the country. Again, it started in the, you know, the group that kind of took the, the lead with it, you can say, that group in, you know, in the northeastern part of Ohio, and it's grown significantly there. And I remember being up uh, at a league meeting with Ted. I think it was probably about this time last year. And it was, you know, the initial conversations with the league, you know, some apprehension, some questions. And then, you know, a year later, now the league's ready to make the jump and fully, uh, you know, fully, you know, go all in with the rookie tackle program. And, yeah, we couldn't be more excited um, to be working, uh, you know, with the Classic Youth Football League on it. And really can't wait to uh, see. Hopefully, I'm sure I'll be up there watching some of the games and, you know, 
talking with parents, hearing from Ted exactly how it's going and, you know, kind of help with the evolution of the program. Same same equipment, same, same helmets, same shoulder pads, stuff like that, Ted? Yep, same. Everything's the same. Yep. Uh, same size yep. football you'd use at a normal fifth grade. Everything other than the field size itself and the number of players. Will there be any other rule changes? Well, it's it's a different rule set because one thing, one real advantage of this game is it gives all the kids the opportunity to play different positions. Correct. And one of the things we learned from Cleveland is rules to the point where you don't lock a kid into a quarterback position or a lineback position. Every kid comes into the game and they practice to the Saturday's game with two positions, a line and a backfield position on both sides of the ball. And that's what they practice to. So that's what they're learning that week for Saturday's game. I'll tell you this: as these coach, the coaches have to be coached up in this as well. Correct? Yes, yes they do. And I, I think that, you know, as as a coach myself, that would be kind of exciting. I think you'd have to be pretty disciplined and pretty organized to make sure that these kids, you know, are getting to be to getting to each spot throughout the year. Same amount of games on on the schedule. Yeah, we we play we do a scrimmage and then we do seven game days. Same amount of officials, less. Uh, we're actually because it's a reduced field, we're looking at two officials, but where we're going to be playing two games on the same field, going in opposite directions. Oh boy! So rather than having eleven kids from each team on the field at one time, so twenty-two kids at right. any moment, now we're going to have if we're doing eight on eight, seven on seven. Now we're going to have more kids getting the opportunity to actually be in the game. On the field. On the field. And the coaches can be on the field. You've said that a couple of times, but I want to make sure that we stress that. Coaches are going to be on the field, so they're going to be able to coach these kids up in real time. Yes. I think that's really important. One of the big changes is it's very intentional development of those student-athletes. You know, they're looking at multiple positions. They're... Uh, their acumen about the game of football is going to be increased because they're learning more about more positions. And so we're going to bring that level of uh, 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 education for the game of football up, and then the interest is going to be more engaging, and they're going to be more uh, excited about coming back the next year. I hear this a lot um, with little kids, especially – look, as you know, Maz, and you guys all know – the kid, the biggest kid in fifth grade is is not going to be the biggest kid in eighth grade or a freshman year. Just normally, that's not going to happen. They have a growth spurt. They're a bigger kid now, so they are immediately put on the line in basketball. They're they're always their back is to the basket. They're going to go block to block with their hands up, and then all of a sudden they get to be eighth grade and everybody's getting taller than they are, or bigger than they are, and now it's not the time to try to turn them around and face the basket or say, "Oh my goodness, you're not big enough to be a lineman." This gives you guys the advantage to be able to say, okay, let's try these kids everywhere. So the kid that always gets pigeonholed to be on the line right. is now going to be able to try something different. You think right. about it. What we were saying is, is that you know you're you're a big kid in fifth grade. You don't get to carry the ball, okay? So that kid says, well, maybe I'll go do another sport that I can, uh, you know, that's maybe a little bit more fun because I, I'm a little closer to the action and being able to carry the ball. So are we saying that we don't want big kids in football? I don't think anybody ever no. intended on that, right? No. So, I mean, this is this is going to be able to expand the interest level and opportunity for a lot more young men. I agree. Hey, Mike, uh, we've got a, a uh, we've got to get to a break. Can you hold on for a second? 
Yes, yeah, definitely. If you can, that would be great. And we also have a call. In fact, let's take it before we go. Coach Becker uh, from U School is is on. If we can get to line two, please, Jeff. Um, hey, Coach, how you doing? Big time. How are you? Good. So, you know, we're talking about this, and I know that uh, you guys have started the On, on the Dot program and yep. kind of feeds in with what these guys are talking about. Exactly. And we would love to get hooked up with USA Football. And I just want to put the information out there, yeah. onthedotpants.com. And it's based off of Seattle Seahawks-style rugby-style tackling. Um, but it gives a target on a practice pant where you put your shoulder and not your head. So there's a target on each side, and you can go through all their separate drills and jump on the website. You got it. See what, we, what we do. But uh, it's in, been incredible for us and Mike has been incredible for us, uh, helping uh, us promote it a little bit. But we would love to get hooked up with USA Football. I actually uh, just talked to Coach Keel uh, from Homestead. He was down in, I think you guys were down in Texas the other, a couple weeks ago. Um, he was kind of uh, pimping it for me a little bit. So You got it. Hey, Coach, I'm so sorry. we got to get you a break. Hey, I'll, send that invo- right, I'll send that invoice right over to you, school. For that, no, that plug. Well, hey, we, we can't afford that, Mike. You know that. <laughs> really, that's a whole nother show right there. We'll get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to continue talking about this. Uh, it is a rookie football program that the CYFL, it's a cla- classic youth football league, is putting in place right now for this upcoming season. Can, can people, kids still register, Ted? Yeah, registration's open right now. Excellent. You can go, just Google CYFL, Classic Youth Football League. There's a number of teams. In fact, the schools in that West Dallas Hale Catholic Memorial, Wisconsin Lutheran, Kettle Moraine, Waukesha South, Waukesha West, Oconomowoc, Menominee Falls, Sussex, South Milwaukee, Watertown, and Marquette. This is uh, the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Ted Schneider. He is the president of the Classic Youth Football League. Jeff Mazurchek, Maz, the head uh, football coach at Marquette. Brian Gill, president of the Junior Hilltopper Program, and uh, Mike Cazzoni. He is a USA Football Regional Manager, Midwest. Hey, Mike, what is the response that you guys get when you bring this idea to to, to different um, leagues, like? Like uh, the uh, the classic youth football league, you said there were some 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 guys going. Hold on a second, this isn't the way we do it. But once you explain the idea as to why and how, is it pretty much accepted? For the most part, yeah. I mean, you you laid it out uh, perfectly there. Where you know, if people just hear, you know, leagues might just hear a quick abridged version of what the you know rookie tackle is, and their you know you know kind of you know football mentality might be. Well, that's not real football. And try to disregard it, but it's like you said, if you know, if I'm on a phone call or at a league meeting and, and discussing, you know, what the program's all about and the reasoning behind it and just the importance of it, it yeah, I mean, it's almost like the light switches on, and you know, people understand it, and not only that, but they're excited about it, and I mean, all across the country, we're you know, we're expecting a, a large number of organizations to really you know jump jump in with it this year, and um, you know, as you guys talked before, and especially up there in Southeast Wisconsin, you know. 
assuming things are going to go go really well uh, with Classic Youth Football League and, and leagues like that around the country, it's just going to continue to grow in those programs that uh, you know that don't currently uh, have a rookie tackle or a modified game version of the sport at those age levels. You know, one of the things on your website that that really jumped out as I did research uh, for this show is one of the lines was younger, smaller athletes are best served by playing on smaller fields. It also means providing more entry points into the game, in into uh, into the game through both flag and modified versions of of tackle football. And I think that's right. When younger, smaller athletes, we have to get them to fall in love with football at an early age. Yeah, I worked in the game of soccer years and years and years ago, and they kept talking about the soccer explosion. Well, th- there's never been a soccer explosion. The kids start at a really early age, but you see that sport, they dw- it really dwindles as the kids get older. And football has the same thing, but I think it's important that once we get kids involved, if we can have them fall in love with it at a really early age, then we've got a chance to keep them through high school, through you know maybe into college if they're talented enough and want to play at that level. But that's why I think this is so important. Ted, you'd agree with that? Oh, hundred percent. Did are you? Did you play? Do you have kids that played? Um, I played at, at high school. Okay, and then I. Where, also, where'd you go to high school? Fond du Lac. You did? Yeah. Yeah. How were you guys back then? They were uh, pretty good this last year. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> we're this always last good up year. there. And I, that was good. We can look back a couple years ago. I know Matt's, Matt's like, come on now. Um, do, and do, and you have, do you have sons? I have three boys that did, all played youth and in high school. And where did they play? Waukesha South. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, – who was coaching then? Uh, Roosh. Dave Roosh was yeah. the, the head coach. Man, great guy. Yep. Yeah. He. Uh, it's a tough place to get wins now. Waukesha South. You it know, the is. community's changed a little bit, but good for good for them. Your boys learned a lot of lessons about playing, about life playing football, I bet. And they still get together with some of their friends. They do. Yes. Guys from that team. Yes. Hey, Mike, when we talk about younger, smaller athletes are best served playing on a smaller field, uh, that, that's got to be one of the driving points behind this rookie league, rookie league correct? Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really all part of our, our football development model. So that's where rookie, you know, rookie tackle, you know, fits in with with the whole overview of that you know of the model which is really all about you know instilling solid fundamentals developing players you know really with their appropriate skill level you know by creating those different entry points and options so that fits in perfectly with those kids that you're mentioning that might not be you know ready for that full full field 11-man tackle Hey, um, Ted, one of the things on this youth sports show that I get a lot is the problem of getting parents to volunteer their time, um, that kind of stuff. Will you need as many volunteers and as many coaches with, with this model in fifth grade as you would have last year? Well, let's put it this way. I never turned a volunteer away. Um, no, I bet not. Because – and we have – we've always been fortunate with the number of volunteer parents that come forward, whether they're coaching, whether they're some type of the team administration. Um, we've always had a very good core group of volunteers that, you know, they're there for their, their kids' interests, their interests, you know, um, but really they see this game as a development in their sons and daughters' life. Hey, um, I like asking this question, and I'm sure I asked it to Brian, but being the uh, president of the CYFL, what keeps you up at night? I sleep at night. You sleep, no issues. 
Well, there's always issues. Um, but Take, you're taking something to help you. Sleep. No, I'm just no. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, you don't don't do that. Don't go down that path. Um, but I, I would assume that that running this league and now making this change in fifth grade, you, you're going to get ready for a lot of questions, um, a lot of issues where these coaches probably aren't sure of the rules. That does somebody like Mike come in at that point to be able to say, okay. Let's let's go through the rules with these guys. Well, and, and you know, transforming to this type of game is a big step for us. Yeah, you know, because I was not one of the first fo- guys to step forward and say, "Let's just do this." You know, it had to sink in. It had to bounce between my ears a few times and make sense to me. And last year, we started talking about it at the league level, and look where we are now. You're ready to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if if you're uh, if you're a parent and you have a fifth grade son or daughter that has some interest in in, in trying this, uh, just go to Classic Youth Football League. You go on that league and all the teams are listed. How to get a hold of people on each individual team. If uh, if your son is 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 a kid that might go to Marquette, you know, get a hold of Brian. Get a hold of the people at uh, at the Junior Hilltopper program and any of the schools that are that are listed can certainly answer the questions. When does this all begin then? August for you guys? Yeah, we'll we'll start uh, the first Monday of August will be the first day of practice. What's that? August 5th. August 5th. Look at you have it all set already. You got your two days. You got everything set. Uh, that's good. Hey Mike, give us uh, give me an idea what uh what area you cover and and what's a what is a day like for you um as part of the uh, the USA football being the regional manager? You got uh, you travel a lot. Yeah, it depends on the time of year. Typically around this time, um, you know, when leagues like Ted's up there are having their league meetings to uh, kind of make these decisions for the upcoming fall season, that's when I travel. So um, quite a bit now. Uh, that said, I do talk football all day long, so uh, things could be a lot worse. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Got, got, got to love that part of the job. And yeah, as far as the the region that I oversee with USA football, it's called our central region. Now we've kind of switched a little bit over the years with how the regions are laid out. And um, I'm based in the greater Chicagoland area, but then, you know, I basically go as far West as Colorado and Utah. And then, you know, the, the North central part of the, uh, of the country. Hey, next time you're in Milwaukee, uh, you know, come on in studio. I'd love to have you in studio and we'll continue our conversation. Um, Really well done on, on this rookie football tackle program. I think it's going to be a big hit. Uh, Ted, thank you so much. Thanks for coming in. Mike, thanks for the phone uh, interview. And, and Jeff, thank you. And Brian, I got the $10 here because I told you, I'll give you 10 bucks. You get Maz to come in studio because this guy's been like Bill Young the last 10 years. So there's the 10 where you call that even. Thanks for listening. Again, go to Classic Youth Football League. Fifth grade rookie football, really interesting to me. And uh, you can get all the answers you need if you go and talk to these guys. Guys, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you bet. This is the U Sports Show on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 